Welcome to the favorites. I am Chad Millman of the Action Network. This is the Parlay Show, which means, which means me and my Action Network colleagues, including Jeff Schwartz, eight years in the NFL as an offensive lineman, one of the most famous Oregon Ducks to ever grace the field at Autzen Stadium. Along with Paul LaDuca, 10 years in the major leagues, four times an all-star catcher, number retired at Arizona State University. Boys, we got to pick nine games, nine games to win $20,000. We have yet to cash. I don't even know how many episodes we're into this thing. Jeff, what is our problem? Our problem is we're picking on a Monday. That's a problem. Um, no, I mean it's it's nine games. It's tough to do, um, but I I feel I feel exceptionally good about a lot of my picks this week. Like I'm I'm looking forward to, especially after last weekend when college football wasn't a complete and utter disaster. I don't know why this is, Chad. Every other sport I bet on. I bet a single unit for most games, or I bet I bet the juice, right? So if it's one ten, I bet about one point one units. Uh, but like in college football, for whatever reason, I think I know better, and I'm like, I'm gonna bet five units on this game, and it loses like seventy five percent of the time. Like I don't understand why that sport. I think I know more than I know. It makes it just it is it is mind blowing to me that I do that all the time. I don't, I don't get it, and then I start chasing. It's crazy. I, but any other sport, I'm fine. NFL. No problem winning everything. I'm just, but NCAA football, man, I get so passionate about it. Well, this raises an interesting, an interesting question for you and for Polly, which is you're both former professional athletes. You reach the top of your field. It's like the, the chances, the chances of us winning this parlay are actually better than making it to professional sports, and you guys did that. So it actually is even more astonishing that we've not been able to figure out how to win this parlay. But, <laughs> but because of that, because you got as far as you did, does it screw with your ability to bet on sports? That is the fundamental question. That is what makes it so interesting when former professional athletes are trying their hand at sports betting is... Why do you think you know so much about college football? So, so it's a great question because I study most of my days in the NFL. I mean, that's what I do most of the time in college football. Um, I think I can. I don't. I don't know what the reason is, but I think that. And Paul, I think is is this way too. Like we're so competitive that we can't sit still during a game. Like the best example I have is actually in the NFL. I, I did the, our sports action app is fabulous. It has an, a section where you can do like an analysis on your gambling. So I did a, a full one for the NFL. If, if I take out second half betting in the NFL, uh, all bets this year in the second half, I'm like 55% overall. But then you add in, I'm 12 at 18 in second half betting because I'm trying to just, I think I know better. Then you, it dro- obviously drops the percentage back down a little bit. I just think that we're both competitive. I'm like, you know what? This There's no way that X team, and we just don't account for the motion maybe. I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm fine in the NFL, but in college football, I don't know what it is this year. I just, Paul, you have an answer. I I don't know why. No, no, you're, you're, you're right. I'm the same way. Listen, college basketball, I, I love 
and I'm, I'm a unit guy, one unit guy. Baseball I was a one unit guy, but when it comes to football, I do fire more on football, even when in real life. So I play more units, and you're right. And it's been the same way for me. If you look at my overall record, I'm up, but I'm down a ton of units because every time I fire on second half units, like like yesterday, you just it, you're playing on the half, and you're playing on the coaches making adjustments, and you end up realizing there's a lot of dumb coaches out in college football. Um, a lot of puppets. And when you come to pro football, there's a lot of dumb pro coaches. We've come to the age in 2018 where the player has now taken over the coach a little bit and is more of the player on the field. Um, and a perfect example could be like a, a school like Louisville who's just completely collapsed and they can go the other way. So that's why college football is really tough to figure out. And I mean, pro is too as well but chad make does make a great point i think the competitive in us is i do i I, if you look at my second half betting it's awful and it's because we do watch the game and we see something we're like okay this is going to happen this is going to happen and it doesn't and you end up chasing stuff and um it's the competitive nature of, of jeff and i to go okay we're not losing for this day let's get back to somewhat normalcy for this day for our followers you know what i mean instead of thinking okay, this isn't the smartest play, you know? God, that's so interesting, the way you guys look at those games and are looking for adjustments. But when you're looking for the adjustments, I just wonder if you're looking at them through an athlete's eye or through the eye of a fan. I'm a little bit of both. No, 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 not a fan. I'm looking at the the line. If I look at something that I like, I knew I was in trouble. Listen, I love the Michigan but when that line really didn't move and then it, it just started scaring me throughout the week, throughout the, and then obviously my my gut feeling came to fruition when the first series I knew I was toast. I knew the game was over. Um, so I sometimes will try to stay late to see where the line goes because sometimes the sharps just, just you know, they'll know here and there. And when you, when you try to play something on a Monday, Tuesday, for example, for me was Iowa. I played Iowa minus 10 on Monday thinking they were going to stick there. That game went almost all the way down to 7. Now, a missed field goal late would have made it 11, and it didn't matter towards the end, but that, that game was teetering on a lot. There were a lot of lines this week that were swung four to five points, um, both pro and college, and, and a lot of people caught lines in the middle, and a lot of people didn't. You know? I, I think one thing, too, with college football is there so many different stats out there and so many different ways to look at these teams. There's obviously so many teams, 130 of them, that if you're not, and and I know Paulie and I are doing things throughout the week, like if you're not, if you don't have your system yet for college football as far as what stats you look at, what you account for and everything, it could be a tough sport to bet on because there's so many variables that go into those games and the stats and which ones do you look at and the weather and then, Who's playing who? You know, are they motivated for a bowl game? Do they have to win this game or not? Is a coach getting fired? Like, there's just so many things that are going on in these kids' minds and throughout their programs that I think it's just it's a tough sport to bet on. You know, unless you have your method down. Look, Jeff. Every sport is tough to bet on. Yeah, it no, doesn't I, matter. I, I, and correct. I I think the only thing we know for sure is that a bet against Hugh Jackson, no matter what <laughs> sideline he's on, is the right, right. side. I, listen, I've been a professional sports forever, Jeff. I, I need your take. 
I've never in my lifetime. What Baker Mayfield said afterwards, first of all, is a joke. Because, like, you know, you just went over there, you got fired, whatever. If he's upset, he's upset. But when the guy gave the ball to you, I cannot believe you tapped the guy like, hey, how's it going? I mean, at some point when you leave an organization, just stay off the sideline, go to the back of the bench, you know, know, hide in the back where Waldo hides. Like, and you're an offensive player or offensive-minded person working on the defense that is getting torched. Like, you can't even make up that scenario, the guy handing the ball to you, but you tapping him back like, hey, the Christmas card is coming. Is like, I don't get it. I, yeah, not a great look for Hugh this weekend. I, not I a think great look Hugh, for Hugh thought that everyone in the Browns was going to be like cool with him doing this, and they obviously were not. And I'm not look Baker Mayfield. I think his answer was fabulous. I know as a player, if I was in that situation, I'd feel the same way. And I understand. Look, Hugh is free to get a job. I mean, he's okay to do that, but. I've never seen a head coach get fired and immediately want to work again. I mean, maybe he wanted some some normalcy back in his job, um, but he's not a defensive coordinator, and they have been awful. They allowed like 300 yards to rushing to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, and they let the Browns have their way with them in the first half of that game. So I don't know what's happening. I think he might be the first coach to get fired from two teams in one year. It is pretty astonishing. Like there were points during that Bengals games, and I want to I want to get to our parlay bets. But there were points during that Bengals game where, literally, it looked like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Right? Like they could not they couldn't execute a snap. They were like Andy Dalton would throw interception. Next thing you know, he's dropping back in the shotgun. And it's over his head, and they're fumbling, and Cleveland's recovering, and he's breaking his thumb or whatever happened to his thumb. It was astonishing. It was totally astonishing. It was my biggest regret on Sunday. I had two massive, three massive regrets, but the Browns were easily the biggest. What are the other One, two? I didn't, I didn't pull the trigger on the Broncos. Two, I, I didn't I pull the trigger that. on the Bills. Three, I didn't pull the trigger on the Browns. Yeah, I took the Bills and the Broncos. Um, the only regret I had is I really felt good about Tampa, and I just didn't trust that Jameis Winston wouldn't turn the ball over a thousand times, and he didn't, and they won. So when he doesn't turn the ball over, they win. It's shocking, right? <laughs> yeah, the other one Let's too. get to feeling good. Go, oh, okay. go ahead, Paul. I don't mean to interrupt you with my segue. Sorry. Who's that? I think Arizona might be the worst team in the league. Yeah, the wheels okay. came off on that one. They had a, they had a couple weeks where they were looking okay. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into our parlay because we got we got conference championship weekend coming up. We got what is it? Week fourteen in the NFL. Is that what we're up to now? Yeah, uh, thirteen. Um, yeah, is it thirteen? I believe so. Yeah, week thirteen in the NFL. Jeff, yes. eat my Schwartz. Go. All right. I know I just talked about college football, but I'm going to start with this one, and I have stats to back up. This this is not just like a gut pick. So give me Texas plus seven and a half against Oklahoma this weekend. I'll give you all the reasons why. Tom Herman is the head coach of the University of Texas, the Longhorns. At Houston, he was six and zero against the spread as an underdog. At Texas now, he's six one and one against the spread as an underdog with an outright win already this year against Oklahoma and the push this year against West Virginia. So the two best teams he's faced, the two best offenses he's faced. He's kept the game within three points when they beat Oklahoma. They're up 21, remember, in the fourth quarter in that game. And West Virginia took a last-second throw by, by Greer to win that game for, for the Mountaineers. So he's played these teams close, the best offenses close all year. Seven and a half is way too many points for an Oklahoma team that cannot stop anyone 
on defense, right? They allowed 56 points to West Virginia this week. Now they scored 59, obviously. That's great. They're 108th in yards per play on defense. It's not really that they can't stop anyone. It's that they tackle, it's everything. They tackle poorly and they let guys run down the middle of the field wide open. Third and 18 in West Virginia is sending a, a, a slot wide receiver running full speed down the slot. And no one's even touching him. And he's, he scores on 70 yard touchdown on third and 18. Um, Texas defense can play a little bit of defense. They're 57th in yards per play. So they can play some defense. And so I think this game is a lot closer than seven and a half points. It's inside as well. So weather is not a concern whatsoever. Be pristine conditions. Um, and I, I just can't see this game. Uh, I just can't see Oklahoma's defense doing much to stop Texas enough to cover over a touchdown. I have strong opinions on this, but Paul, if you'd like to go as one of our college football aficionados, feel no, free. I, I, I like it. Uh, I'm with you. Um, they can score, I think, better than a lot of people think. I think Texas is a lot more explosive than people think. And being in the year, obviously, with the schedule and what happened, um, a lot of people were like, okay, where is the Texas program going? But they have actually literally progressed every week throughout the year and have gotten better. And you're right, listen, Oklahoma cannot stop anybody. And I'm sick and tired of people saying, I want Oklahoma in the playoff. Because if they really wanted to play Alabama and Tua State on the field, they could score 100 points. And that would be, you know, like they would score every possession. So they would. It would happen. I would actually play that prop wager if they let him play every possession. But it's it, – I think it's a very good play. And I thought the line would would be bigger, actually, Schwartz. Didn't you think this line would actually open up bigger? It might have opened up at like four and moved – it would open up at four and a half and moved all the way, I believe, to seven and a half. So um, a lot of people – uh, that might be right. Yeah, I think this is where it opened up. I, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, people, Oklahoma can score a lot of points. I think I don't think people think Texas can keep up. But again, the two biggest games they played this year against West Virginia and Oklahoma, they did keep up on offense. So that's, I think, a good sign for, for no, this look, game. The day they played West Virginia, I played the under in that game. So <laughs> they scored 160 combined, something like that. So I'm with you. They, they have big game, they have big play capability. But they also could play that grind game. They have a uh, like a dual game. They they can play defense, but they can also score. Jeff is right. This game opened at four and a half. It's now at seven and a half. I like Texas in this game uh, as well. And one of the reasons I like them is because Colin Wilson, our college football expert for Action Network, actually wrote about this game on Sunday morning. Sort oh, of I read one of the games he was looking for, and he was predicting that if he could get. He, if he can get Texas at plus seven and a half or better, so we are on the, the lower end of what he wants, he would take Texas at seven and a half. My only concern is that like this line is definitely going to go up. Like the money's going to come in on Oklahoma. So I'm only bummed that we're going to get Texas at seven and a half, and we'll probably be able to get him at eight and a half or nine and a half or even ten Agreed. and be disappointed that this game's going to land on eight and we're going to have gotten it at the worst of the number. Um, what's also interesting to me, so we should cha-ching this because we're definitely taking Texas to seven and a half, but what's also interesting to me, these teams played already this year, 48-45, Oklahoma scored 21 in the fourth quarter. Yep. Texas, I agree, like has, has improved every week. They had one clunker when like they were starting to get really good. They went into Stillwater. They were four point favorites. They were not ready to be road favorites. They lost to Oklahoma State. 
And to me, that was sort of a turning point for them. That's when they kind of realized, okay, we're close to being good enough, but we're not quite good enough. And then they did much better in the rest of the year. I don't think they can tackle anybody. The total in this game is 79. 79. No, no chance it stays there. That is insane. The, the, the over and under was 86 in the West Virginia game. My buddy goes, hey, you going to go under in that game? I'm like, why? He goes, this would be like a 100% chance of rain in Morgantown, all you know, all this whatever, this is that. They had 80 points at halftime. <laughs> yeah, this is nuts. I'm very tempted by the over in this game. I think it could, I mean. Doesn't it go against like every bit of your bones to take the over in this game? But how do you, of course how do you does. take like, if you look at the top 25 of college football this past week, almost every game went over, right? Obviously we know the seven overtime game. I stood up to watch that game, but like Alabama went over this week. Ohio State, Michigan went over this week. Like all these games are going way over. Florida, Florida State went over. Everyone thought that was going to be an, an, uh, a game that, w- that was under game. Georgia went over. Syracuse, BC went over. Like All these games are going over. Yeah, I don't understand. Like The West Virginia game like literally should have been put at 90. Now, I don't know, Chad, if you – like has a, has a total ever been put at 90 in a college yes. – in a football game? Cal, Oregon was 92 a couple years ago, and they like they scored 100 and – 16 points that game it was like a because here's the crazy part i did some research like if you look totals that have been over 70 in like like in the 70s if they do go over like it's like 16 and 8 like over the last like whatever when vegas puts it that high they can't put it high enough i mean like 86 i mean that that line with west virginia <laughs> 86 you, you couldn't put it higher you know you put, you'd put it at 95 i mean it's ridiculous it's insanity Polly, uh, it's your turn, brother man. Okay, well, um, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans off the bye week minus. I think they're five now. I'd open at four and a half um, against the Cleveland Browns, and um, it's what have you done for me lately? Baker Mayfield had his coming out party, um, played really, really well. I think sneaks. The defense didn't play that well in the second half, and I know Cincinnati they blew him out early. <clears throat> And it was it was Cincinnati's a dead team, and and I proclaimed Houston sort of a dead team a while ago, but they are building steam. They're getting better and better as the weeks have gone on. I still think the Wilson E losing weeks need hurts them, um, and only laying four and a half against the Browns. I think it's a sharp play. They're seven and four now. I got to keep moving seven three now, and keep moving forward, um, and try to convince. That they're still a player in the AFC, and that defense um, is pretty strong, and it's played pretty strong the last couple of weeks. So, I think a lot of people will roll with the Browns. And if you look right now, sixty-four percent of the bets are on the Cleveland Browns. That surprised me, and, and I think it's the line's going to go up because to me, four and a half or five seems a little light right now. Although people are going off of what Baker Mayfield did, and like, okay, every every, every time I see a stat, I see a stat of Baker Mayfield, Sam Darno. I don't care what the other rookies did. They always want to compare him. He's better than the other guys right now. I am throwing a challenge. I am throwing a challenge flag. Wow. Here's why. You know why I'm throwing the challenge? Here's why. I want to fucking win $20,000. And I don't want to bet shitty lines. And I'm telling you, like... 
if the Texans lose tonight or don't perform well against the Titans, this line is going to be at like three and a half or two and a half. And the money is going to come steaming on the Baker Mayfields. And then we're going to feel like dicks. And I don't want to feel like a dick anymore. At least not because of this. Back to back road 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 games. But I think Chad's point is that working is that if we waited this one day for this, we could get a much better line. Like we could get this under a field goal because I, I think he's right. I think if the Texans lose tonight, this is line's going to plummet, and you could even maybe get it at some points at three. I, I maybe even two and a half. I, I think Chad's right. Like we're going to get a bad line, and this is the problem with betting this game on Monday. We have to think about where these lines might move eventually before the weekend. And, that, and that's been that's happened, of course. There's so many road. There's so many road favorites. Okay, it's a weird week. It's a very NFL lines are awkward. Paulie, you can think about it. I'm ready to go. I got a game. I got a game. If you want to think about it, ultimate game or no? No, no. If you're ready, do it. The Atlanta Falcons. Fuck you. Fuck you. That you would go from like the Cleveland Browns as four and a half point dogs against a team that hasn't even played yet to the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons? Are you kidding me? I hate the Falcons. I hate everything about the Falcons. It's like you... It's so like you're one of my kids, and you purposely chose a team that I, you know I can't bet. Do you follow me on Twitter? I bet home, the Falcons last week. Home, home so dog, I. Chad. Home dog. Yeah. Home dog, and you're going to go with Lamar Jackson, who basically the Raiders had that game covered if, if Terrell Suggs decides to get tackled and the Derek Carr doesn't break every part of his body. They played the, okay, I'm sorry. The Raiders are the second-worst team in all of football. Lamar Jackson is not going to win three games in a row. I'm sorry. It ends in Atlanta. I hate you for making this choice. This is like you're doing this out of spite. You're doing this out of spite against me. This just feels personal. Well, we threw the challenge flag already, so we're stuck with this one. You choose the challenge flag. You tell me which team you want to choose. You don't want to choose any of them. Then I'll just start running through the rampant of college football because that's been my hot spot. You're going to give me like middle Tennessee State in the – you know, God knows what yeah, like, championship I, I like, game being played in Murfreesboro. They're playing UAB <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. Murfreesboro. Um, all right. So we so we're in. I guess Falcons plus two and a half. All right. I'll take. No, we got three. We got Falcons plus three. Plus three. Okay. Plus three. Sorry. Home dog. That goes like you read. You wrote eight books about a home dog. I did. They, they barked this weekend. Bills and Broncos. Oh my God. There's a bunch that of home dogs awful. this week, too, in the NFL. That was awful. They barked this weekend. What's wrong saying that? Jesus Christ. Listen, can I go? You're salty speaking, this morning. You're salty speak, me than Schwartz this weekend. Schwartz speaking of dogs. I'm 1-17 in college. How does that happen? Yeah, I was bad for a second of this on Saturday. It was like it was atrocious. Oh, boy. Speaking of dogs. Let's go, Ugga. Let's go Georgia at plus 13 and a half right now. Why are you saying? Like, I'm going to listen to you. you. All you've been saying for the first 20 minutes of this podcast is, I don't know about college football. Yeah, I love also, it so much, true. but I can't do it. You're, at, you're yelling at me for betting Matt Ryan and you're betting against Alabama. I'm going to do it. Hey, just, you know what's interesting, by the way? Yeah. Before we get to that, the most bet game of the top 25 college games right now 
is Texas, Oklahoma. I'm looking at the Action Network app right now. Most bet game. Second most bet game is obviously Bama, UGA. Um, uh, just betting against Bama it. is just tough. But uh, let me hear. You, is just a reason to just betting against Alabama? Because of Georgia? Uh, because I, I think the line for this, I think the line, look, this line has already popped, right? This line opened at uh, 10 and a half. It's already been bet up to 13 and a half. I think we're sort of reaching the outer limits of where wise guys are going to start taking Georgia. I'm comfortable on this. Also, Colin Wilson said he would take Georgia at, at a lower number. I think he said he would take Georgia at plus eight. I'm getting Georgia at plus 13 and a half. I mean, come on. This one's tough. I, I don't. I guess, I, and I, I don't disagree that Georgia's probably within this range, but I do worry that Alabama is going to just in the second half, like they did against Auburn, just go crazy. And Georgia passing the ball is not as good as they're running the ball. If they get behind in this game, it could get possibly ugly. But Georgia's got to win this game to be in the playoff, right? I mean, so I think yeah. they're going to feel a little motivated. I mean, S and P that Bill Conley's has them has this game as a three point margin. And you talked about yeah. Colin Wilson having this game. Uh, what ten? He said. I think he bet he would bet. Colin Wilson Georgia. said the said the projected spread was eight. Oh, <clears throat> it opened at ten. It's been bet up to thirteen and a half. And Colin was willing to take Georgia at plus seven or better. Better. So now I'm getting Georgia at double the price of what Colin was willing to take them at. Yeah, but what do they say? Like if. if- if Alabama were to play Clemson right now for the national title, what do they think it's going to be? Like eight and a half, eight, somewhere in that area through Georgia eleven. I mean, yeah, I guess that's about right. They were saying Michigan fourteen before they got routed. Oh, so yeah, it's about right. Fourteen, thirteen and a half, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind I'll, the play. It's a bull play. Listen, they we're right with they've been right with them when they played them. I mean, last year and uh but you know. You're betting against Alabama. It's a bold bet. It's like betting against the Rams and the Chiefs, but we pulled it off before. I want to dare greatly. Let's do it. That's daring greatly. All right, back to me. Yep. We are going to the NFL. Carolina Panthers lost three in a row. They are in a tailspin right now. They're just not playing efficient football. And they're even worse on the road. They go to Tampa this weekend. Tampa's getting four points. All the money so far is, of course, on Carolina, thinking they're going to right the ship. So far this year on the road, the Panthers have lost to the Falcons, didn't cover that game. They they then went and played the Redskins, lost the Redskins, did not cover that game. They came back from 17 points against the Eagles. They did cover that game. They went to they went to Pittsburgh and got blown out, didn't cover that game. Went to the Lions, lost that game, did not cover that game. So I'm going with the the Bucks here at plus four. Uh, Tampa Bay. If again the cave, the caveat is if they don't turn the ball over. They are really good on offense, and they they played. And I'm going to put the Niners this weekend. They allowed nine points. I mean, that's not bad. I know it's the Niners, but I think home dog again plus four. Not getting a lot of the love from the tickets so far. Panthers are really scoffing. Um, I like the Bucks here. Um, I like it. I like to play. Um, the Bucks played well yesterday. I thought. Uh, and the Panthers, like, again, God, they're so Jekyll and Hyde. I'll tell you what, Christian McCaffrey is some kind of player, though. 
Um, it was he was a one man show yesterday. He kept him in that ball game. So um, yeah, I mean, home points at home. Uh, I thought Winston. He played a lot better yesterday. Ball control, he checked down a lot more. Him and Evan seemed like they were back in sync like they used to be. So um, I, I don't mind the play. I don't mind the play in the warm weather. This is a this is an NFL locker room question for Jeff. Yeah. Can someone who is playing like Jameis Winston, who has sort of habitually been a guy who tries to do too much, who plays outside of his strengths, who will regress as often as he will progress. Right. He's back at home feeling full. Does he try to do too much in this game? What are the coaches saying? He generally speaking tries to do too much at times. Um, And and you're right. First game this year, he hasn't gone with an interception. Um, I, I just I, I don't think the Panthers' offense can score very well either. So I think that's that's part of this too. Is even if he does turn the ball over, I think this will be a, a close game. They don't have the secondary the Panthers do to cover Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, OJ Howard. The Panthers were three and seven in the red zone. I just think the Pan. I just more a bet on the Panthers just not playing very well right now, and then going back on the road where they've struggled the entire season. And less about what I think. I don't think Winston throws four interceptions. No, I I don't. Um, but I I just. I, I I just I like the Bucks here. I don't have a great answer for for if he if he stinks this game or not. I mean, he generally throws a lot of interceptions, no matter what the situation is. <laughs> He's a little bit I of a rare boat gambler. No, Schwartz. He tries. He throws more interceptions trying to fit balls in the tight spots than stupid. Interceptions, I think guys no? will be op- I think guys will be just open this weekend. Like I don't think he'll have to do that very oh. often. Yeah, I agree. This Panthers team. As I've been saying all year with this team, and I erred in my thinking this weekend because I ended up betting them at minus three. So did I. Dramatic wins, not good wins. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I think that their dramatic wins overshadow how bad they really are. Yeah, but what's interesting is— They're just not that is, good of a football is, team. Yeah, but they started 6-2. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, that, you're you right. know they, who they, they are? They're yeah. that girl. When you look at them one time, they're very pretty, and then you look at them another time, you're like, ooh. <laughs> they're like in bad lighting, you know? It's like that Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How do you guys, we're, side note, how do you feel about Mac Brown being hired by North Carolina today as we're talking? Didn't he used to coach at North Carolina? He did. Well, it's interesting. let's be honest, as soon as he did left Texas and – the Longhorn Network was formed, they did sort of like crumble. So he had the key to some kind of engine. He's a great recruiter. Yeah. I, listen, I'm a huge Mac Brown fan. Like he was amazing at North Carolina. Then he went to Texas and like completely rebuilt that program into a oh, powerhouse yeah. that yeah. was sort of top of the class in college football. Why not? Go back to North Carolina, settle in. It's a comfortable place. I like Mac Brown there. I'm going to miss him as a commentator. I liked him as a commentator. I thought he was very good. They, like they need stability in North Carolina with what's happened with the scandals they've had over the couple of years. So I, I think that um, it's, uh, it's a great hire. So I just thought I wanted to get your opinion on that. Throw right that now, oh. let's, let's put Mac Brown in the uh, early season, early next season parlay for coach of the year. Let's just do it. <laughs> ACC coach of the year. We need some wins. So that, <laughs> that All right, helps let's, let's do a cha-ching on Tampa Bay at uh, plus four. 
against Carolina. I don't have the heart to challenge you on that, Jeff. <laughs> go ahead, Polly. Okay, I'm going to go back to the Pac-12. Um, Pac-12 championship game. I mean, what a debacle the Pac-12 has been. Uh, Washington beats Washington State. So this week it's Washington at home or um, is it? It's, it's playing at a neutral site, right? Short yeah, I think it's at I think it's at Levi Stadium. Uh, yeah, it's at Levi. Yeah, so um, you're not going to have to deal with the weather. Listen, Washington played Utah earlier in the year. They beat them twenty-one-seven. Um, I like I love Utah in this game. So you can go ahead and ching it plus four and a half right now. Um, <laughs> they they had three two lost fumbles that were crucial in that game, and they held. Um, um, Washington to basically no offense. The points off turnovers in the second half shut out. Now, Washington held them to seven points. I get it. Um, I think this is going to be a defensive struggle type of game. Washington beat Washington State last year in a, yes, uh, last week in a absolute snowstorm. Minshaw was like, he couldn't throw the ball around the, uh, around the yard like he usually does for Washington State because of the snow. Um, and I think Washington got a little bit lucky because of the weather. The weather gods last week and won that game, and boom, they get in the Pac-12 championship game. And I think they're going to play a better Utah team. And listen, Utah was down twenty to nothing to to BYU last week. Probably looking forward to this game. It was a meaningless game besides a rivalry game, and came back and won that game, shooting low guts at thirty-five twenty-seven. So I think laying the getting the four and a half points, Washington is just not that good of a team, and I think Utah is going to hang with them. I love this play. I thought you were going to take Washington. I just I thought you, you didn't do it. I'm glad. Um, you mentioned the game this weekend. They're down twenty nothing, down twenty seven to seven against BYU in a rivalry game, the Holy War, as it's called. They came storming back. What's impressive with Utah, but is their defense, of course. We know their defense is really good, but they lost their starting quarterback uh, in uh, against Arizona State. They lost that game, but since then. Jason Shelley has come in, and he has done a fabulous job at quarterback. They have done a great job of finding ways to get him to be efficient and run the football. Even with Zach Moss being out, Armand Shine has come in and done a fantastic job. Um, and they are just so well coached. They, by the way, just a random throw and stat. I think Kyle Whittingham is like 10-1 in bowl games. So that just shows you a sign that their coaching is really good. They will, and I always like, I always like the losing team. Typically, not always is the wrong word to use. Typically, like the losing team in a rematch because Washington's going to come out and basically run the same game plan. Why would they deviate from a game plan that already worked? Utah has the advantage of coming into this game and doing new things. And plus, since that game, that was a week three game, by the way, Paulie, they lost to Utah, lost to Washington, Washington State. They completely overhauled their offense. They've run a brand new offense using the legs of their quarterbacks. And I think it's a great play. Most predictions have this under, under a field goal. Um, this is going to be a tightly, a tight game with, with two good defenses. And I get over a field goal. I, I love this dude. Listen, who am I to argue? I mean, as I've said, I can barely stay up past halftime for the Sunday night football game. <laughs> Forget about. Forget about like this one's at eight p.m. on Friday though, Chad. I expect you to stay up for this one. Eight p.m. Eastern or eight p.m. Eastern? Yeah. This Friday? Yes. I don't know, guys. The end of the week, I'm like really tired. I usually like to hunker down, like like especially now. You don't do anything all week either. You just travel between ESPN and your big mansion. I mean, what do you do? You'll be fine. Especially now, like the East Coast, it gets so dark and it's it chilly. Does. Like, <laughs> I'm in bed. I'm in bed by like five thirty. I know. I the line is five now. By the way, Paul, five. Yeah. Really? I love it. 
All right, well, we're doing it. All the money, by the way, is on Washington, too, which makes me feel even better. Now I might Love have it. to bet it myself. I won't be able to watch it, but I might have to bet it myself. So watch the first quarter. If I were to tell you, this isn't the start of a 30 for 30, but if I were to tell you that I'm very, very interested in the Dallas Cowboys as seven-point dogs at home against the New Orleans Saints, would anybody scoff at me? Would I be supported? Would people think, oh my God, he's an idiot. He's stretching his theories way too far. Um, I saw this game on the schedule. It's a Thursday night game. And we know that Thursday night, the home team plays pretty well. You know what? Forget it. Hold on. I'm taking it back. Okay. I forgot it was a Thursday night game. I don't want us to be out of the parlay before sun- sunrise on Friday. So, uh, <laughs> okay. so I'm changing my tune here. Um, I am going to go with the Minnesota Vikings plus seven against the New England Patriots on Sunday afternoon. Where's this game at? New England. This defense for me in Minnesota, they're just getting better. They really are. Every week, they're getting a little bit better. Their pass rush is getting a little bit better. Kirk Cousins is having a ridiculously good year. New England, to me, like, they did not play well against the the Jets. That was a by-the-seat-of-their-pants cover yesterday. Um, obviously a bad beat for a lot of people who had the Jets because Kirsch dropped that touchdown in the end zone at the end of the game. But I'm just, I, you know, it's like, I think this New England team is getting the benefit of the doubt in a really, really big number. Um, I, I kind of like this because Cousins, I think the win yesterday kind of took the monkey off the back of Cousins a little bit because he was 4-12 and entering this game in prime time. And this is a Packers team that's not very good right now. If he had lost this game, uh, there'd be a lot of doubt about, about his ability to lead the Vikings to where they want him to go. I know the Packers aren't any good, but you're supposed to do this as a quarterback. 28, uh, 29 of 38, right? Over 300 yards. Like That's your job. That's why they paid you to win a game like this. So I, I agree with you here. I think his his... his uh, confidence is going to be high. They seem to finally be clicking on offense. Patriots defense is just not as good as they have been in the past. No, nor is their offense really. You get Harrison Smith, by the way. Their all-pro safety get, gets to guard Gronkowski, which is great for the Vikings. Don't you sigh, Paul LaDuca. Don't you sigh. Listen to me. I've blown out both of my hamstrings. Xavier Rose is not going to be playing for a while. Does that worry you? Gronk is the, Gronk, the problem is Gronk, and they have Harrison Smith. Yeah. We but saw like Rose is their best cover guy. I mean, yeah, but even going, but I I trust Mike Zimmer to be able to figure that out. I mean, even going back to this is now a long time ago, but even in 2017, the first game of the year when Eric Berry was on Gronkowski, I mean, there are ways that you can get you know you can shut down Gronk by, and he's not the same player he used to be. He made a great touchdown catch yesterday, right? He's going to do that at times, but you have you have an All Pro safety, Harrison Smith, a really good football player. Uh, the one factor in this game that does worry me a little bit, and I'll just say this, and I agree with I'll take the bet. I'm not going to throw a challenge right here. Is Vikings offensive line is really bad, and the Patriots are kind of back to their old ways on, 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 on the defense being able to generate sacks. That's just that's only that worries me about this contest. Otherwise, I, I really like this. 
Paul? I'm okay with it, Chad. All right, great. Jeff Schwartz, you're up. Okay. So I mentioned the woes I had in college football this year, right? I mean, they're not woes. I'm 52%, but my units are all messed up, and this weekend was really bad. The one place where I'm actually really good this season, believe it or not, 17-3. and I looked this up. I looked it through all my plays. 17-3 and in matching games, right? The MAC conference. Okay, seventeen and three. It's it's like I can't believe it. Weekday Mac games for whatever reason. I I don't know. Whatever reason, I'm good at them. All right. This weekend, the Mac championship game. Buffalo is a three and a half point favorite against NIU. This game is inside in Detroit. Buffalo's offense is legit. They have a very good offense. They're 35th in S&P right now. They can score a ton of points, 44, 48, 51, 31, 34, 42, 40. They score a ton of points. NIU has a great defense. We know that. But they can't score points. And we see week in and week out that if your defense, and they have a kind of a slower defense, if your defense cannot match up athletically with another defense, uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Buffalo has athletes at wide receiver. They have an athlete at quarterback who can throw the ball. I think this game is not is not close. Also, Buffalo's defense, lastly, 48th at S&P, so they're able to play defense as well. NIU, in my opinion, just has no chance to keep this game very close because, again, no offensive output whatsoever for them. If you look at their offense, they're 120th in offensive S&P, according to Bill Collier. That's atrocious. They've lost their last two games because they can't score points. They scored seven against Miami of Ohio at home and lost that game. So, Give me Buffalo here, minus three and a half. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know uh, who Tyree Jackson is. He's really good, yeah. The Buffalo quarterback. He's a pro prospect, by the way. He's like 6'7". He's like a monster. And Buffalo has got athletic receivers. Um, I, I think Buffalo is going to be a threat in a bowl game. They, they, they can compete with somebody in a Power 5 conference because they have some athletes. I don't know, maybe – on the defensive side when it comes to a Power 5 conference. But I'm with Jeff. Northern Iowa is just going to have to go three yards here, three yards here, four yards here to, to, to earn their their money in this game, where Buffalo's just got way too many explosive um, players. And like I said, Tyree Jackson, is, is, he's, he's, he's very, very raw. Um, but the, he has flashes where you're like, wow. I mean, this kid, he's got some legs on him, and he's a big boy, so. I actually, I actually like this play. Do you know who loves Buffalo and their quarterback? Our good friend Blackjack Fletcher. And because of that, because of the number of times he's bet on Buffalo this year, so have I. I feel like in solidarity, I'm going to go with it. Solidarity? So you don't even like this pick because I said it. You like it because Blackjack said it. That's I like it nice because year. everybody said it. I think there's like... You're on it. You come to the you come to the games from an entirely different way than Blackjack does. So I've got two people who look at the games in different ways, saying to me, "Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo." And then Paulie's coming at it from his entirely different way. He even got the name of the quarterback right. Yeah, like, Jackson, yeah. If he's getting the name of the quarterback right, then it feels like <laughs> there's like karma low bar, happening. Low here. bar. Anthony Johnson, by the way, is a wide receiver. Paulie, you're talking about who's their stud wide receiver? Number eighty-three. You're welcome. Everything's working for us. What do they call the Buffalo team? The Bulls? The Bulls. Yeah. The Bulls. Yeah. I mean, so th- then, like, we got to be. You like Buffalo, Jeff. Blackjack likes Buffalo. Paul got the name right of the quarterback, and I knew the nickname. That's like, if that isn't, like, 
high level metrics right there for why <laughs> Buffalo should be part of our part of our parlay. Paula Duca, give us the eighth winner in our parlay. <sighs> Monday night. Washington Redskins. Is that game at seven or is it six and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles? That game is at six and a half. I'm going to play the Skins plus the six and a half. I keep on trying and trying and trying to, I guess, push this Eagle team. And they got too many guys out in their secondary, and it didn't get exploited. They got away with, although Odell asked for a hold every time, they got away with a hold in the end zone. At the end of that game, he got completely held both times, um, and they had to settle for a field goal to the Giants. The Giants are awful. They, I mean, they beat the 49ers. They beat the Cardinals, who were both awful. And they had Philadelphia buried and beat. And I just think that the, the, this is not going anywhere. They had to convert another fourth down to Doug Peterson. They're, it seems like they're winning these games by the skin of their teeth. Uh, I just, I think I'm just off the train. I'm off the train. I just think they're not the same team. And then people say they got their win. Okay, they're going to move forward, and they still got a shot. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see them progressing. I just don't buy the Eagles this year. I did, but Cole McCoy and the Redskins. Ugh. Seven. It's That's seven. The, you why, said this, that was the other part. Six and a half. Six and a half. Cole McCoy at six and a half. How's this game not seven and a half? Eight and a half. I don't get it. What do you think, Chad? I hate this pick. <laughs> That's why it's the pick to play. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to say. I want to uh, win twenty thousand dollars. That's what you want to say, Paul. What's your net? What's your other favorite pick after this? I'm giving you seven. You want nine? <laughs> Let's hear number nine. Um. Uh, Paul, I need you to give me like I, a trash test. Okay, I'll, I'll take the Colts. I'm done watching Blake Bortles play, and I think that I don't. I hate playing road favorites, but like now, am I going to go with Joe Public, the Colts? The whole world's on the Colts, and Jacksonville is, is, is like literally collapsing. I mean, Josh Allen beat him. Beat them. Yesterday, and now they go against Andrew Luck and Marlon Mack, and those guys are rolling right now. Um, I could roll with the Colts, but like again, that's like the Chad's going to Chad's one hundred percent going to veto that pick. Exactly, one hundred percent. I was look because I, I was actually going to take, I was going to take the Jags. The Jags, yeah. So it's a trap play, but that's why I'm saying like I don't understand. You know, like I said, the, the Texan line to me is, 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 is a line that where after that game's played tonight, I don't think it's going to sway that much. But you think it's, it's a bad line. I get it. There's a lot of lines this week where there's a lot of road favorites. So you have to choose which one you want. Listen, to be honest with you, I could choose. I could roll with Kansas City minus 800. I mean, you, you think that, that, that Kansas City is not going to beat the Oakland Raiders by more than 15 points? I like the idea of uh, – I don't know if I like him at minus 15, but can we include them on the money line? 
I guess. I mean, it'll lower the odds, obviously, but the payout. But yeah, I mean, they they any read off a of buy, it's like sixteen and two. By the way, and, and, I mean, and they just lost. I mean, they gave up. Well, not twenty four, but thirty four. But a lot of points for Lamar Jackson. What what is Kansas City going to put up on that defense? Seriously, Oakland's defense. And then is Carr going to play? He limped off the field again. God knows who's going to be playing this week. Let's do Kansas City money line. Okay. Wow. Should so I that's just your get pick. Out, so, uh, Paul, uh, your pick is Kansas uh, City money line? I get on my pacifier, a nipple, what else? Well, we, we got to win, man. How about this? How about this, Paul? I'll suck my thumb about, while I watch the whole game. How about, how about this, Paul? You get out your fucking thank you cards and send me one for getting us closer to winning a fucking parlay. I'm playing a five-teamer in Atlanta. I already got it down. Atlanta, what is that one? Did you hate? It's go ahead. Cards. You go play all your trash picks and let's see how you do against us. <laughs> Are you guys ready? Yeah. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready to be blown away? Yes. Because it is time. We are talking about the AAC championship game. AAC. Yeah, Memphis, Memphis UCF, I'm aware, yes. Memphis, UCF. UCF is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Their last game, Memphis was winning in the first half. They dominated at the line of scrimmage. They ended up with more yards. UCF is now a favorite, and... They're missing their best player in their quarterback who had a horrific knee injury. Yeah, that was bad, yeah. Give me Memphis plus three and a half. Memphis plus three and a half. Boom. Shot. I should have bet this game when it came out at seven um, because I love Memphis. I've made a lot of money this year betting on Memphis, um, and it is uh, – they their offensive line is really good. They average almost seven yards a carry. Um, you mentioned UCF uh, missing their quarterback, and look, South Florida, who they played, is not very good uh, on Friday or Saturday, whenever they played them. I think it was Friday night. Um, and Mackenzie Milton's injury that that's going to be tough. It wasn't just it wasn't just a, a, a bad injury; it was a horrific injury when you dislocate your knee like that. And if you looked at the reaction on the sidelines. That shows you everything that, that, that you need to look. We've seen, I've seen a lot of injuries. I've seen a tib fib, you know, like a guy breaking his lower leg in half. I've had my leg basically snap in half. Um, I've seen a dislocated ankle. I've seen some some bad stuff. But the reaction yesterday on, on, on Friday night, I think it was when they played, was of like horror. Like guys ran away from the scene. South Florida, who's on the sidelines, like ran over. They called the ambulance right away. Like it, it was, I think that's just, um, it's emotionally. Uh, difficult when you pull back you know, during the game. Yeah, you 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 keep playing. You're beating USF, but when you pull back, you prepare for this week. You realize your 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 leader's not in the huddle all week. You're, he's not in the meeting room. He's you know he's he's in the hospital still dealing with this. I, I agree with you. Memphis is highly motivated to win this game. Um, I think they win this game outright. I actually wanted McKenzie to play, and it's I, I feel so sorry for him because I really think Memphis. A lot of people forget that Temple put up 500 yards of offense on UCF. They have not played a, 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 a better offensive team since then. Like he said, USF um, is very, very average. Um, and Jeff's right, Memphis struggled a little bit early with Houston because Houston um, last week has very athletic 
um, wide receivers that they could throw downhill and or downfield, and they had, they started a the, uh, freshman quarterback, and he was just throwing stuff up for grabs. And after that was over with, the offensive line, like Jeff said, of Memphis just took over, and they can run the football, and they got a dynamic running back too. So, I think they're going to run the ball down their throat too. So. Yeah, it's tough to say hindsight to get this line at seven, but to still get it at three and a half is okay, you know. Um, and Josh, Josh Heupel is going to have to work some wonders with, with the backup QB because Memphis is a handful. They're not bad on defense either. Guys, we have our nineteen parlay, and I feel like um, I feel like we did some good diligence here, and we challenged ourselves and each other. And I'm going to read them back, and we are going to win some money. Texas, plus seven and a half in the Big 12 championship game against the Oklahoma Sooners. Atlanta Falcons, plus three at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Georgia, plus 13 and a half against Alabama. Tampa Bay, plus four at home against Carolina. Utah, the Utes, plus four and a half in the Pac-12 championship game against Washington. Minnesota, plus seven against New England. Buffalo Bulls. Buffalo Bulls in the MAC. Minus three and a half against NIU, Northern Illinois, in the championship game there. Kansas City on the money line against Oakland. Chad Millman comes in with an AAC pick. Wild card. Memphis plus three and a half against Central Florida. Boys, one more thing that happened in the show. Jeff, as always, when discussing an injury, was able to say, "I've had this injury." No, I didn't, I didn't say. I didn't say that. I said I broke my leg before. Yeah, I did. I did not dislocate my knee. Trust me. That, no, no. That would, I know I you were referring I... to an injury that became a conversation about seeing another type of injury I've had, that you I've had. had. Ten surgeries. Yeah, well, listen, you played in the NFL injury, for a long time. Every injury known to mankind on my lower body. Luckily, my upper body has been say spared. You're like the most fragile six seven three hundred and forty pound guy. Sure, I've ever you, met. If that's what you want to call it. Yeah. You, fragile. Call it fragile. <laughs> Thanks for listening to. I'll never say that to your face. Thanks for listening to the favorites. We have shows every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Download our free, free, free app today. Please rate and review our show, Paula Duca. Jeff Schwartz, thanks for joining me. See you, everybody. See everybody. See everybody on Wednesday when I talk to Scooch, bookmaker of the world. Until next time.